contacts. Hello and welcome, dear listeners, and thank you for tuning in today to listen to a new episode of our Theatre Escapes podcast. My guests today are very special ones. They are not only colleagues, but also friends from Brazil. Clara de Andrade and Gustavo Gunzburger from uh, Rio are theatre scholars and theatre makers. Clara is also a singer and Gustavo is a director and an activist. They have a long-standing partnership with the Center for Global Theatre History in Munich and were visiting scholars here in 2020. Today I talk with them about their work in very difficult times, politically but also due to the pandemic. Um, and I, I really look forward to taking the time to talking to you, but primarily to listen to you, Clara and Gustavo. I'm so glad you could make it today. I'm very, very warm. Welcome. At the beginning of 2020, you were guests in Germany with a fellowship from the Center for Global Theatre History. When you were about to return, the pandemic suddenly broke out. How did that affect your work in Europe and your return home? Hmm. Hello, Nick. Hello, everybody from the Center for Global Theatre History. Thank you very much for the invitation. It is a great pleasure and it is an honor for us to participate and to be here with you again. We are very happy to be here. Yeah. Thank <laughs> Me you. too. Thank you for the invitation. It's like being in Munich again for us. It's very <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for coming, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> yeah, well, for us, it's like we were completing our fellowship period in Munich and the group was organizing a big conference also about theater for development mm. in Pretoria, South Africa. And I was going to participate as speaker And I was very excited about this. Everybody was, everybody was very, you know, involved with this. And in the middle of March, suddenly the world stopped, mm -hmm. <laughs> stopped completely. And it was, yeah, something that we couldn't imagine how the situation could, could reach this point. And everybody, all the participants and the organizers were, We're trying to, to keep the conference. I think this is, was a point to start how, how was the situation for us in Munich. Mm. And suddenly, before like going to the airport the next day, you know, finishing the pack, the packs, and I received the email, we received the, the message that it wasn't possible to keep the conference. And and first of all, it was a postponement, and then of mm. course a cancellation and concealing. And mm. it was like, my God, we were thinking that maybe in South Africa that there's not so much cases, and it's okay. Let's keep it. Everybody was so excited, and suddenly it it wasn't possible. And it's good that we could do it online as an online conference and the group organized this. So mm. it was also other ways of discovering, discovering mm. other ways to be together and to exchange. Yeah. 
at that time, we were not able to understand what was going to happen. Mm. So we are supposed, at the end of our uh, fellowship period, we are supposed to go to Paris, stay for a month, because we are invited to be in a conference about uh, dictatorship and theater in, in South America. And we are very excited too. We will be there in Paris and presenting. And when everything happened, they also postponed their conference too in, in uh, Sorbonne Nouvelle uh, University. And first of all, they thought they were postponing. Then much after that, they discovered they were canceling. And now, okay, we are going to publish our works for the conference in a book. It's mm. okay. And we talked with them a lot. And, but at that time, it was impossible to understand what was going to happen. Mm. And so, uh, really, we're... And then we discovered we are trapped in Munich. We couldn't go home. <laughs> yeah. But mm. it was a good trap. We are very happy to be there because it was one of the best cities to be at that time, you know, mm. in March and April. Yeah, um, actually, it was a very productive period. We could write, we could, you know, develop our researches. We wrote a lot. Um, for example, I could write an article about the transnational networks of the theater of the oppressed, about my PhD work in partnership with Christopher Baum, which was a great honor for me. Mm. brought a great contribution about institutional theory and the article is published in the journal of GT8. Mm. It was a great joy and also Gustavo and I, we could finish our article about the 2018 philanthropy conference, which was so important for us. It brought so many insights about Brazil and we developed like some ideas about the transnationality and modes of production in theater studies. Mm. And it's also published. And we could also finish a book that we are organizing together about the theater in Rio, about modes of production also in, in Rio. So it was a very productive moment for us in Munich. Yeah. It was a great pleasure, actually. Mm. <laughs> well, I could finish also my book of my PhD research and my postdoctoral research uh, about history, uh, history of theater in Rio. And, you know, it was a challenge to be there, mm. uh, but also a very good moment because things in Rio in April were not so good. Uh, the first mm. wave of COVID in Rio was a bad, uh, a bad wave, you know, and Munich, we felt very well there. And, we had bikes, so we rode. <laughs> we rode our bikes. Yeah, uh, Rebecca helped us. Yeah, Rebecca Sturm, yeah, we used her bike. He, uh -huh. he, she was so kind to lend her bike. Yeah, <laughs> and, very cute. and we went to the park every day, and it was very good at the end of the day going to this beautiful park and, mm. and enjoying this beautiful city. So it was a happy time for us. Yeah. Mm. And in the end of June, we returned after the fall of the first wave in Brazil, which never ended away totally, actually. Yeah. But we are trying to keep these this moments of biking also and everything mm -hmm. that we lived also in Munich. 
Mm, how nice! I, I'm so I'm so glad to hear that uh, the 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 stay, the fact that you were stranded, so to speak, in in Munich, Bavaria, uh, turned out to be so productive. So it's really really great, and I uh, I had a chance to look at your publication. So it's really impressive uh, the amount of work you you got done. So. <laughs> <laughs> You can say, uh, ironically, thanks to the pandemic, which sounds weird, but uh, I, I very often hear people saying these things like, so because I couldn't travel, I uh, was very efficient in writing or completing things or preparing grant proposals, things you uh, you do on a in an academic uh, life, but um, that you don't have the time to do in an everyday life. So it was, a, it's, it's a bit strange, but... Uh, you're not the only ones to report uh, about these productive times and uh, places. But I'm very, very glad that Munich uh, was it, yeah. <laughs> of yeah. course. Which brings me also to the, the next question. And uh, you referred already to to the, the approach of your work, which in both cases is very transnational. So it requires international travel and archival research and exchange with other scholars. You mentioned Paris, um, South Africa, Germany and South America. And I know how active you guys are. Um, I know you are working transnationally as scholars, artists, but also as lecturers. And for more than a year, it seems that this work, which is so dependent also on international exchange, happens in our own heads only and uh, online via Zoom and these things um, on platforms. How does this change the affect your? How does this change mode affect your work? So how do you handle that challenge of not being able to travel, not being able to talk to people live? Uh, did it have an effect, or don't you see any changes? Are things the same? I'm just also because I'm a scholar myself, and I I'm occurring. Um, yeah, I'm coping, trying to cope with that situation. I'm very curious to know uh, how you handle that. Okay, so the pandemic's affected <laughs> in many, many ways our work. It's really hard to 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 feel in all these these dimensions. For example, in my work, the transnational networks of the theater of the oppressed, specifically. Although the pandemics impacted, of course, their work because, for example, international conferences are very important to exchange, to keep this network alive. And a big festival in India, for example, about the theater of the oppressed has to be postponed. And it's like a tradition <laughs> already about this kind of theater. And although all this, the practitioners, I think, are more open, you know, to the dialogue with the theory also. And the online meetings, like, they are happening and, yeah. you know, putting everybody together, somehow gathering the people that are thinking about their work and the practitioners. So maybe it's opened some new perspectives in this mm -hmm. sense. People are some kind of uh, more connected, and uh, our friends from other countries call us more than before. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. I think people are more in the Zoom, in, in, in WhatsApp, 
and we are being invited to online uh, projects, online talkings, and in, from people from UK, France, and so this is the good side. But mm -hmm. it, it is strange because at the same time, uh, there is a kind of nationalization of this, the, the procedures. Like uh, everybody went to their own countries when uh, the pandemics started. So we depend, we are depending more uh, of Brazilian uh, policies, for example, to do our work. And in mm -hmm. this side, we are not in a good situation because Brazil. Mm -hmm. Uh, now is not in a good uh, mood for research or for, especially for theater research. Yeah, so we are still working transnationally, publishing in international journals, participating in online conference, but to understand how is the situation here, we are facing such a big crisis in Brazil in scholar field that there, there isn't even scholarships Whereas now, yeah. so it's like everybody realizes it that we can be together online, but mm -hmm. there's that problem also of about mo modes of production in theater yeah, research. Exactly, yeah. and, and uh, we have a double pandemics in Brazil. You know, we have the pandemics that every every country has, but we have a denial uh, denialist government uh, like that yeah. treats the pandemics as. Uh, small flu as they call so mm -hmm. this is the, the real problem now so everything is like we are waiting to see what's going to happen and we are depending on this government although our work is so transnational now uh transnational transnationality is kind of uh, uh suspended yeah in our work it's it's a little weird yeah yeah, it's not easy because also this same government is attacking culture, attacking arts, attacking also research, research. and universities. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's like real a real double pandemic. If the they thing. if they deny uh, science, if they deny the vaccine, you can imagine how they treat theater studies. Yeah, and yeah. transnational theater studies. Yeah, you, you already mentioned the uh, this. Well, I like the, I don't like the the fact of a double pandemic, of course, but the formulation, I think it's uh, it's might be quite fitting. Um, you mentioned theater scholarship, theater research, uh, and in danger, so to speak. How about the theaters and other cultural institutions in Germany? They were closed since March twenty twenty, and slowly, slowly they reopen again. Um, Already last year, so many theaters, also small venues, tried to stick to the regulations and uh, in, in order to be able to open at least for a couple of days or weeks, but it wasn't possible at all. So it was an up and down and up and down and uh, cultural life hardly took, pla took place uh, during the whole, life, the, the whole year. Um, how does that look in, in Brazil, considering this double pandemic, as, to, as you call it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in Brazil, I, I think we have a double problem in this too, because uh, we had a, a very big crisis in theater uh, before the pandemics, since mm -hmm. 2015, but um, really since the, the 
this century, the beginning of this century, you know, uh, especially in Rio, theater had a good social importance in society. Um, uh, in the 80s, in the 90s, and because art theater especially, theater that is not only for entertainment, not only entertainment musicals, uh, there was an importance to that. People give importance to that because it, there was a kind of, um, um, it was joined together with television, which is very popular in Brazil. So uh, artists from television did also art theater. So people went to theater and in the end of the last century that started to, that uh, symbiosis started to spoil. So mm. we began, it began a very uh, great crisis of, of uh, box office, you know, theater. Uh, mm. art, art, theater, but uh, supported by box office. And then we entered the, the, another kind of, another mode of production in Brazil, which is sponsorship. But mm -hmm. basically, um, based on uh, enter, um, sponsorships, uh, private sponsorships in, uh, with in, tax incentives, tax uh, from the government. But this was also uh, being a problem uh, in the last years. So uh, now theater, before the pandemics, was already in a big crisis with few people going to theaters many uh, buildings being closed and we have this big crisis and when the pandemics came i think there is a good side of all this because then people started to realize that well theater uh, is something that we miss mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's something important and maybe in the end of all this uh, mm. it will be good for theater you know, because in the middle of the pandemics, uh, the opposition in, in Congress uh, managed to do a law, an emer emergency law for culture. And oh, mm -hmm. we both, Clara and I, could work in you know, online projects, cultural projects. And, uh, and this is, you know, a sign that things can be better from now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, it's not totally solved because it's only an emergency law. And, but yeah, people realize it, that what, what everybody's doing at home is watching movies, is reading, is being in contact with culture, with arts, mm -hmm. and even with theater. Of course, it's not the same doing uh, a play, a performance online, it's not the same, but you know, something changed also. We know that it's not totally solved, but for us it was important, like giving workshops and also directing a movie together uh -huh. in the middle of the pandemics, what was a very challenging uh, aventure, like okay. this adventure, and with musicians, we, we had to quarantine, of course, every, everybody, the whole team, mm -hmm. and testing also to be together and realize the shootings. So mm -hmm. it was a new format because of the pandemics, because we were invited to this project, for example, mm -hmm. to direct a show 
a show about Brazilian music for children. And, but, well, we'll have to do a movie. <laughs> it's impossible to, to direct a show now. And so we have to be very creative and find new forms. And also with all the, the, the limits of the pandemics, the necessities of being together, mm. it's very hard, it's very hard, but also it, it was good to live this again. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's the problem we have here. It's, again, not so much the pandemics, but the lack of institutions of theater in Brazil. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't have strong institutions as you have in Europe. So uh, it's easy when a kind of government like this in, in, that happens in any democracy. You have good governors and bad governors. That's, that's democracy. And, but when that happens in Brazil, in four years, they are able to you know, vanish many of the ins theatrical institutions. Mm -hmm. uh, from our scene. So this, yeah. is, this is the real problem we, we've, we are facing now. Theater, mm. unfortunately, isn't an institution also here in Brazil. Yeah. A few people, you know, watch theater and it's only a little part of the society. Yeah, albeit uh, something that everybody watches, which is TV, uh, was made by theater uh, professionals. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's kind of, it's strange. Yeah, and they are suffering also, especially yes. here in Rio. It's very strong, the television and Netflix. A lot of actors work on, on this métier. Yeah, Netflix is now producing a lot in Rio, in Brazil. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, and they have to, to start and stop yeah. doing shootings. You know, they start and stop because like a whole soap opera crew uh, had COVID, you know, oh, was, uh -huh. was sick. And, yeah. and that happens all the time. Uh, all they, uh, they, they test everybody, you know, but mm -hmm. it's not enough. Like, yeah. like our small production, <laughs> our small movie that we did uh, with a low budget, and but we made tests of, of, of everybody, but before entering, Uh, one guy that will be the sound technician was ill and the, his first test didn't uh, get it. Mm -hmm. So he was he almost went there with all of us. Yeah, and, and all of us could. Yeah, but Ill. he had some symptoms at, uh, at the mm -hmm. same day. We said, no, don't come. And yeah, in yeah. The, the next day, he made another test and he was really uh, positive. Close mm -hmm. us is, is not easy. A lot of artists from theater, from yeah. television, from cinema, you know, mm. it's, it's hard. Here in Brazil, many of them were some of some important artists, uh, even die of, yeah. of this. Of COVID. Of, mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. very, very tough. Yeah. yeah, it sounds very tough. Yeah. Well, it's um, well, another question I, I had was in, it's. Um, how you organize your your everyday life like as a scholars and as theater makers and you uh, referred already to the the practice and the change of practice that you have to 
employ that you have to apply because of the situation. I'm very impressed that you guys managed to do a, a movie, that you directed a movie during the pandemic. Those, that must have been very, very, very challenging. And you, you, uh, you told a little bit about it, but it's, it would, I think, fill another hour or two to get to know, <laughs> know more about the procedures and the um, obstacles that you had to come uh, come along with uh, so it was really it's really impressive um, what you did mm -hmm. and I can hardly imagine that it can be even more difficult um, than it, it's here for artists who are friends also who, who who work in the cultural sector and who really suffer from from one year of not getting any salary Uh, I don't know how it is in Brazil, in Germany, the state at least promised a few euros for artists. Some of them never saw the money. <laughs> Some of them received it immediately. So I don't know um, what, the, the, uh, what the regulations are and the criteria for getting it sooner or later or never. Uh, how does that in, look in Brazil? Is, is there any money given by the state to support at least a little bit the artists yeah, yeah. a little but uh, very few you know mm. so in general people have to work it's not uh, enough to people do not work you mm -hmm. know and stay home that is so important in this moment so mm. that's what is more challenging here in brazil like people really have to work And the government is saying the economy Go to work. <laughs> yeah. has mm. to, you know, continue. And yeah, and they say the, the country must not stop. No. And, you know, mm -hmm. they, they have this small help, they call, uh, from the federal government. But it's mm -hmm. like, it's uh, you go to the grocery store and you use it all. You know, you oh, go yeah. to the supermarket and you use it all. In one one buying, you mm -hmm. know, cars, and this is not, it's not enough. And then they had this law uh, for 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 helping artists, which was a specific, but it was very much uh, like neoliberal because it was a competition for projects. So everybody is competing for project. If you have a good project, then you can work on that. And mm -hmm. if you don't have, you don't you don't get the, the money. So, and mm -hmm. also, uh, many projects are like also Danielist. Like, oh, okay, I got this money to do a normal play. How to do a normal play here if the theaters are closed? Yeah, exposing yeah. everybody. Also, yeah. the law it would be exactly to protect the artists, yeah. and they started to expose themselves. And, and make shows. Uh, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here, uh, it's half of the, the population, um, you know, the great part of the population is like denying everything. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. why we have so high, high levels of COVID 19. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And theater is part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And oh, about, wow. about the organization that you were asking, you know, it's like yeah. a ro roller coaster. <laughs> It's like a roller coaster. We, we don't have organization at all. You, we have to go after. It's funny because we, we always, we made art. Uh, we are like a couple and a duo, artistic duo. 
So we make mm. art and we live, we make a living from our scholar activities. And now in pandemics, it's the opposite. <laughs> we are living yeah. from this work because of this mm-hmm. law and the projects that we are in, the online projects, and, our, and we don't have scholarships. And we are working a lot in our scholar yeah. activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. research is totally in attack here in Brazil. So the federal universities also cut in the budgets. So it's something bigger that is happening mm-hmm. with the pandemics. It's curious mm-hmm. how it is connected. And yeah, because of this far-right government. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's re- really challenging. Sometimes the weeks we work a lot. Oh my God, and this month and two months, three months because of the movie. And then challenges about finishing the book, coming back to the order work, to the scholar work. And it's like this. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Roller coaster. roller coaster is a good definition. <laughs> <laughs> Very organized roller coaster. It, it's yeah. a- <laughs> it's an organized roller. Oh, a nice, very nice image. I can uh, very well imagine how that must feel. These ups and downs and turnarounds. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I, I really hope that the situation will improve soon for everyone on the planet. It's really, uh, yeah, like, like it's an historic time that we're in. And no one, of course, could... Uh, could see and could en- envision that these things would happen when we met two years ago, almost three years ago in Munich for the last time. I, of course, I never, I was never aware of something like that to, to happen. But who could? It's it's impossible to think um, about these things and that it can be a global change and a global situation, a global pandem- t- pandemic that history books will write about uh, in 30 years, uh, at least. So, yeah, yeah exactly. it's, it's an historic time for all of us. And um, I believe in theater. Uh, I've always believed in theater. And if you look back um, at historical times, there were always um, situations of crisis, big crisis, health, ec- economy, political, ideological crises. Uh, and theater was always there. You cannot, re- you cannot really kill theater. This is what I believe in. So theater is like a phoenix. Uh, even if it's, it's getting destroyed, or it looks like it's getting destroyed, it's getting, getting up again. It's reinventing itself uh, thanks to yeah, geniuses, to, to, thanks to creative people like you and others so that's something i really believe in strongly um we we addressed already a little bit the the positive effects of the whole uh crisis and the the terrible situation we're in uh and let's turn to something more positive so is there you already mentioned the formats that you a new formats that you turned to uh that you invented or created um, because there were no other uh, options available. Could you let me know a little bit more about, um, yeah, could you tell me a little bit more about these new formats and or other positive things that you observe that could maybe ch- change also theater scholarship or theater practice 
um, in a very, very positive way or in a different way. Um, whatever comes to your mind, I'm very interested to hear. Yeah, we think that uh, people are really more connected, at least in this sense of online meetings. And for example, in the Federal University here, when you heal, we had a lot of, of international conference, you know, and mm -hmm. some important scholars from France, from UK participated. And I think suddenly we realized that it's possible. <laughs> we can really, uh, you know, organize these meetings between Rio and Munich and Paris and, and be together and exchange about our work and mm. think together about what is happening, like we are doing now. Yeah. This, this <laughs> moment. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is a new perspective that is, that is opening for everybody. But we know that is not the same to be together, to travel and to exchange in this sense of the real meeting. But I think maybe some new possibilities yeah. is, is yeah. coming up, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. it, it, and it's very interesting what you said about the phoenix. Here in Brazil, we have this expression that says uh, something that you kill here, but it will sprout over there. Yeah. Uh, sprout yeah. again. Mm -hmm. theater, theater is like that. Yes. And in our case that we are facing, before the pandemic, so we were facing already a so severe yeah. uh, crisis maybe the pandemics will make people, will make governors think about theater in another way. Because uh, in my book, I explore this, the crisis of theater in Brazil, of modes of production of theater in Brazil, comes from the fact that theater was being, has become an elitist activity mm -hmm. uh, for only a few intellectual people that like theater. And the real spirit of theater, it's, you know, uh, ontological, theater is ontologically popular. Theater is an, uh, it's to unite people, to join people together. That's mm -hmm. why theater exists. Yeah. So uh, if it sprouts again, after all this, it sprouts again with the, the renewed uh, spirit of yes, we have to have theater for everybody, not for a part of the population. Yeah. So this this will be a good effect, after effect of all this. Yeah, we really agree with you that theater is a phoenix and and can also reinvent it itself and we being part of this movement. So situation that we are facing here, I think yes, like very clear this this power of theater, mm -hmm. of reinventing itself and everybody thinking about surviving and also making mm -hmm. things yeah. survive, really. And yeah, I think we, we can find new ways and connect with each other. This, this, this belief will never die. <laughs> it's impossible. So mm -hmm. really agree with you. Yeah. Well, I think this is very, very good final words of our conversation. 
<laughs> to think uh, in a positive way and to really stress the power that theatre can have and that we as theatre scholars and theatre practitioners can uh, contribute to. Clara and Gustavo, I would like to thank you so, so, so much uh, for the insightful and inspirational conversation today. It was such fun and pleasure to talk to you and to listen to you. Uh, and I would love to continue talking about these things and other things uh, forever. But <laughs> I think we need to close this now. Uh, thanks again. It was uh, wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was wonderful for us. Thank you, Nick. It was a great pleasure, a great honor for us. Yeah. Dear listeners, thank you for your interest in my podcast and for tuning in today. Of course, we will keep you updated on our blog, via Facebook and Twitter, and of course on this podcast platform. There you will also find further information about the topics of the podcast and my guests. I'm already looking forward to the next episode. Have a great time until then. Bye-bye.